Hey everyone, Don here. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Friday Night Stripes. Uh, typically do a review episode on Tuesdays during the season. Uh, this week it's got a little tough because we I didn't have a game last week. Um, the uh, hurricane canceled all games in Central and, and Eastern Florida. So didn't have a game uh, on either Thursday or Friday night. So I didn't have anything to review. Um, but I, I spent some time looking over some video that, that people were sharing on, on the Facebook group. And, um, and in fact, there was one that I, I'm sitting here watching the uh, Monday night football game. And there was, there was a specific play that came up that I thought was kind of interesting and, and worth talking about. So I think that the, the, the theme around today's review episode is going to be around the, the absolutes that we have as officials and the things that are more like concepts. And we have to decide individually how we're going to call something. And we have to um, be influenced on what we call based on our associations, our crew, our assigners. Um, and, and it's probably a concept that changes over time as we grow as officials. So, and that, that, that means all these different things we're going to talk about. Your, your, your definition of holding changes, your definition of pass interference changes. Your concept of um, a personal foul changes. So, what I wanted to get into first was I wanted to get into the the the, the concept around a personal foul, and I'm not I'm not talking about any personal foul really. I'm really talking about the ones where a defender is leading with a helmet. Um, now, that's an interesting statement that the defender is leading with a helmet. And it's hard for a defender not to lead with a helmet because it's on top of their head um, at the and, and going in the forward motion of their body. So the reason I bring this one up is... I saw two different videos showing very similar things, and, and I'm actually going to share these videos um, on on the YouTube channel, um, the Friday Night State Stripes YouTube channel, because I, I, I think there's some interesting discussion here. So what we had was we had Pop Warner games, young, young players. We're talking these, some of these guys were probably no more than eight years old. Um, so we're talking small target areas. And what we had in both videos is we had a defender coming in high to tackle. Um, videos being what they are, taken from cell phones, taken from, uh, you know, cameras in the press box, taken from wherever they are. They're not the same quality that we get on TV. They're not, and they're not 30 camera angles. So in most cases, we've only got one angle to look at, and it's grainy at that. So it's hard to tell. Um, the one we had locally was put up on the on the group on the local group by somebody on the crew by the umpire on the crew, and he said it, it, that the hit wasn't in his area, um, but they had talked about it after the game. So he just wanted a little further conversation on it, 
And what it was, was you had a defender, you had a, a sweep outside, the defender comes in full speed and absolutely tackled, hits him, you know, hits him helmet or shoulder first at the shoulder level. And I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not going to say chest level. It was high. It was shoulder level. I'm not also not going to say it was head level because it was fairly clear that it wasn't helmet to helmet contact. It wasn't shoulder to helmet contact. It was fairly clear that it was either helmet to just under the neck con contact or it was shoulder to just under the neck contact. And, and I think, I think it's very borderline. Um, and, and, being uh, being a young player, he did not get up immediately from from that hit. Um, that one hurt him. So there was a lot of discussion on the on the group with it, um, and and I don't know that there's a right answer for it. And this is where that concept uh, term comes in. Um, er, earlier in my career, it. If there was not an absolute foul, if there was not an obvious helmet to helmet or, or leading with the helmet spearing or, or leading with the face mask of face tackling, um, then I wasn't calling it. What changed my mind is going to the Sioux Empire football officials clinic this year, um, there, was, there was talk by the NFL officials there and by the college officials there and by the high school clinicians there that... We've got to call all the safety fouls, and we've got to err on the side of safety. Um, in my mind, this hit was high, unnecessarily high, and it was violent for an eight-year-old. So what we've got there, I thought, was we had a personal foul, and I could have called maybe uh, spearing or face tackling, depending on if you think it was the uh, the helmet or the face mask. At the speed it came, hard to tell. Um, the wing official on that game actually chimed in and said what he saw was he saw a shoulder tackle high. He he thought that the helmets did not hit, and he was he was fairly certain that the helmets did not hit, but that. The defender came in with his shoulder and blew up the runner high. Um, that doesn't necessarily change my personal concept of what a personal foul is. Um, my personal comment was that we were told that they want these safety fouls called because it's we are the ones who get to... Um, keep the game around. If we can't protect the eight-year-olds then there aren't going to be 23-year-olds to go to the NFL 15 years later um, because they'll get pulled out of, of the game by their parents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I know that's not, a, that's not a stance that everybody believes in, and that's okay. It's, it's a concept, but it also leads to inconsistency. So um, I don't really want to dig any more into this because it's hard to say without the without seeing the video. Um, I am going to to like I said, put this on the YouTube channel, um, on Friday Night Stripes YouTube channel. Um, that's something I've started to do as well as do some video reviews. So we're going to do that there as well. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so if you search for Friday Night Stripes on YouTube, um, you'll come across the channel, and and I've got a one video on there about um, illegal forward, uh, ineligible man downfield on forward passes. 
Um, and I'm going to have a second on these two hits we're talking about. So I want to get back to the main main discussion, which was around concept versus absolutes. Um, that is a concept. What we just talked about is concepts. Um, where is your personal threshold for a personal foul? When, when does it become illegal? Um, an absolute would be, is the runner inbounds or out of bounds? He either is or isn't. Whether you saw it or not, it's a different discussion. But he either touched the boundary line or he did not. It's an absolute. Um, and we rely on our mechanics to make us get that right all the time. Um, another concept would be pass interference. Um, what I call as pass interference is going to differ from what other people call as pass interference. Um, again, earlier in my career, I let a, a good amount go. Um, but as I've, as I've grown as, a, as an official, I let less and less go on both sides of the ball. Um, I called an offensive pass interference the other day. <laughs> there was no concept involved here. This was easy um, because the, the runner came out and absolutely blocked. Um, he, he, he showed that he was blocking. So I, I didn't have a problem calling that one. Um, but it, it, I've gotten to where if both players are playing the ball, then I'm going to allow some hand fighting. Um, if I see a, a defender turn a receiver, if I see the receiver actually his shoulders turn a bit based on what the defender is doing to him, then I'm going to throw it. I think this one's a little bit more clear, but that doesn't mean that we're all going to call it consistently. Um, it's a little, it's not an absolute, but it's one we should be a little bit more in agreement on what pass interference is. Um, the most famous one is what is a catch? We don't have as much of the, the, the detailed description of what a catch is as the NFL does, but it, it, it for the most part, we've got close to an absolute of what a catch is. Um, so, so that's a little less of one. One I'm going to talk about now um, is, again, it's, it's the combination of an absolute and a concept, and it's really more in the, the, the realm of uh, preventative officiating, game flow, that sort of thing. And, and what I'm specifically talking about is false starts, encroachments, things like that. Um, by rule, any part of the body in the neutral zone is encroachment. So by rule, if that ever happens, you should have a flag on the field. I believe that 99.99% of the officials out there know that there are varying degrees of encroachment to where if he's just a sliver and we're not going to do anything, we're not even going to talk to the player. If he's got a little bit of his helmet in, then I'm going to try and track him down um, before the next play and say, hey, back up. Or if I'm on that sideline, I'll tell the coaches to back him up. Um, receivers with their foot, feet with a foot in the, um, in the neutral zone. And that's, that's why I've gotten to where I will move into the backfield by half a step um, to get them to set up a little bit further back. And that's helped. Um, but I, I had one game where I had a defender set up like he was perfectly legal. And he, he leaned, he set his feet up just perfectly. And then he leaned his body a good yard and a half forward to where 
to where he was good and in the neutral zone. Um, I let it go the first time without a flag. I talked to him. I said, you've got to set yourself up further back so that you can get that lean going. Um, but had a different game, and I, I believe we've talked about it before, where we had a fullback that was kind of leaning a little forward at the, uh, at the snap. So he was leaning forward, which could be a foul. He's not simulating a snap. Um, he is doing an illegal shift, and I'll have to see if that's a legal shift or a legal motion. Uh, top of my head, I'm, I'm not remembering which one. But since he's, quote, moving forward at the snap, we've got a foul. I did not see to where he had, had actually gained any advantage on those leans. Um, you could argue he was helping to get his momentum going forward. It was so slight that... I, I, I find that argument hard to, to accept. So that's another one where you have to find your own personal um, threshold for those. You have to work with the players to help them meet your threshold. Um, and, and that's where the preventive officiating comes in. Um, the last one I want to talk about is the word intentional. Um, I, I've heard it said many a times that it's not our job to read the minds of the players. However, the word intentional is mentioned in the rule book 25 times. We can't judge intent without reading their minds. We can guess at intent, and that's what that's really what the rule book's asking us to do is Take the context of the situation, take the physics of the situation, um, and determine if the act was outside of the normal range of motion of a player or outside the normal um, football play of a player. And we will call that intent. Whether it was intentional or not, that's what we're going to call intent. Um, so this is another one of those concepts. Um, like I said, in, intentional is mentioned in the rule book 25 times. Um, now, 13 of those are for intentional grounding. So I don't want to make it sound like there are 25 different things we're judging intent on. We're only judging intent on about 13 or 14 different things. Um, tripping is one of them. Uh, tripping is the intentional use of the leg. Um, and that's where I talk about the physics of something. If a player is, is moving in a forward motion and his leg all of a sudden shoots out to the side, we're not reading the player's mind, but we're seeing that the action of the leg does not match the action of the rest of the body. And we're guessing, we're, we're calling that intent. Um, again, it's a concept, it's a judgment call, um, but it, it's certainly something to, to think about. So. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting because I, I was that that's what I wanted to wrap up with was was the word intent um, because it, it, it's so prevalent in the rule book and really the funny thing is intentional groundings the name of the of the foul um, even though it's really just a form of an illegal forward pass they do actually call it intentional grounding um, but us executing the, the foul has zero to do with mind reading. What do we do? Was the, was the pass thrown in the area of a receiver? Yes or no. Now, 
there might be some judgment as to what does area of the receiver mean, but we're not being asked to judge intent. We're being asked to judge an area, and we do that a lot. So um, I, I, I just thought it was interesting that we call it intentional grounding, even though nothing in our mechanics actually force us to read the minds, and, and that's a good thing. We, we have very de definitive guidelines as to what marks out what intentional grounding is. We have it in high school. They've got a separate set in, in college, and they've got a separate set in the pros. So um, I, I found it interesting that the one thing that uses the word intentional the most, we have the best guidelines around, and that's, to be punny, that's intentional. Um, so that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. I'm looking forward to getting back out on the field uh, this week. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be uh, out of town in Denver on Friday night, so I, I won't get a varsity game this week, but I might get a, a, a maybe a doubleheader on Thursday, freshman, uh, freshman JV doubleheader on Thursday, so I get some football in, and uh, hopefully we'll have some things to talk about when we uh, get together again next week. Other than that, I'll have a uh, pregame episode coming out on Thursday. Um, not quite sure of the topic yet. I know which topic I want to do. I just have to decide if I want to tackle it or not. So, um, before we go, just wanted to, uh, mention the patrons we have, uh, at Patreon. I'm not going to go begging every week for people to go to the page, but I just do want to thank the, the gentlemen who did sign up, Dan and David and Eric and Corey and, and Ron. Thank you guys for contributing to uh, defer the costs of the, the podcast. I greatly appreciate that. So um, that's all we got for today. Uh, thank you all, and you all have a, uh, a great week. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.